Inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people. Off the record. Alright, I'm ready. My dreams line up with God's dream. Now you know exactly what I mean. But this stays off the record. Let's talk off the record. This is off the record. Let's get off the record. Yeah. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to inspire God's people off the record. I'm a loyalty customer. That means that I like to spend my money at the same places again and again and again. I'm one of those people that like to go to a place and I like to know the workers that's there. I like them to know me, not necessarily by name, just by face. We don't even have to really talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But when I walk into the place, nine times out of 10, you already know what I want to order and I'm comfortable. You know what I'm saying? That's a good vibe for me. I like it. You know what I don't like? I don't like paying for things that I have to work for. It's kind of like a lot of these grocery or department stores. You don't want to have enough people at work. You know what I mean? You got cashiers and no baggers or you got one guy or gal running up and down back and forth all down the aisleway trying to be the bagger for multiple cashiers i don't like this because it gets awkward because now this cashier is scanning my items that i paid for listen i like to work hard i like to be helpful and a kind person But when I'm spending my hard-earned money, I like to be waited on. I apologize if that's wrong, if you don't understand where I'm coming from. But I don't want to pay you to work. I probably just got off work anyway. So now you're scanning my items, and I'm having thoughts in my head like, "Uh, I wonder if my man going to be done bagging down there so he can get down here and bag my stuff so I don't have to do it. And now you scan it and the stuff is just kind of piling up. And I'm like slowly but surely walking down to the to the end to start bagging the milk and the juice and the eggs. And I'm like, I'm at work right now. I don't like that type of stuff. You know what else I don't like? I don't like putting stuff together. If I come into your little store and I buy a desk, for instance, oh, I need the desk from the display. I don't want to buy the joint that sent that come in the box and they got 150 pieces to it. Now I got to get home and go to work. I don't want to have to work when I spend money. I don't want to be at home spending two hours putting together a desk that you said on the box take 45 minutes to put together. Now I'm embarrassed. My wife walking past the room and she looking like, oh, so the desk ain't done yet. So you got two legs on there and it's been an hour and 15 minutes. And I'm looking like, you know, making excuses like, yeah, they done left out um, a couple of the tools. Like you just flipping it, you know, you, you flipping the box, looking through the papers, you know, you, you, you just, oh, hold on. They ain't got the, oh, this, this manual ain't put everything in here. Now I'm embarrassed. Do you feel what I'm saying? Please don't hit me with the, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Well, wait a minute, DiGiorno. Do I have to take this out of a box, then turn on the oven, preheat it? I got to cook a DiGiorno. Uh Uh-uh. I want the delivery. It's not DiGiorno. 
it's delivery for me. Because when the delivery comes to the door, it's done. I pay for it. Uh, here you go. Yeah, how you doing, sir? How you doing, man? Here's your tip. Okay, pizza is ready to eat. You feel what I'm saying? I don't want to go through all that with a DiGiorno. Okay, I got one more thing to say, and I'm going to leave this alone. This one really frustrates me. This is when you go to a car wash, and then they charge you extra to towel dry your car. I'm like, oh, oh, oh wait a minute. I thought that the, the, the dry, you know, like to, to get it dry, I thought that came with the wash. Some stuff supposed to come together. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that I was going to pay you to wet my car. And then you like, all right, yeah, if you want me to dry that off, that's going to be another dollar. And now I'm perplexed and confused because I wasn't expecting to have to do nothing else because I thought it was already paid for. You know what I'm saying? I paid on the front end before I came into the car wash and you still selling me stuff when I get out. And that's hard for us to deal with sometimes in life because of unrealistic expectations. You know what all those scenarios remind me of when I think about them? Is that I go into these situations visualizing the perfect scenario. I'm picturing a trip to the grocery store and in my mind, in my expectation, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna pay for things. They're gonna have a cashier. They're gonna have someone to bag it. And it's all gonna go just so glorious. And then I get there in reality and there's a lazy cashier and an overworked bagger. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're wondering, how is he gonna tie this into anything meaningful? I'm gonna show you how. Because in this life that we're living as Christians, we come into Christianity and a relationship with Christ with unrealistic expectations. And sometimes that's at the fault of the church itself because church is a controlled environment. We go to church. Oh, we know how to worship when there's a band and there's a microphone and a stage and a praise leader. Oh, we worship you, God. Oh, we worship you, King, oh, Father. And we got it all figured out. When there's ushers and when there's a order of service, we know how to serve God. That's a controlled environment. And we expect life sometimes to be this controlled environment because we have unrealistic expectations. And you know what happens? We get out there in the real world and it's not a controlled environment and it's chaotic and there's no praise and worship leader when my boss is getting on my nerves at work. Not, not my boss. You're cool with me, bruh, if you happen to hear this. You know what I'm saying? Just want to clear that up. I like having a job. But... Real life doesn't always look like we expected it to look. And we're thinking like, hey, Jesus paid it all, buddy. Um, why does my faith still need a job? You know what I'm saying? What, what you mean faith without works is dead? I thought if Jesus paid it all on the front end, then I should be able to walk in this thing and just get my car washed and get it dried off. And I'm just going home feeling good about myself, buddy. And nope, you come into this walk with Christ and it's like, oh, yeah, Jesus paid it all. And he did. But then you find out there's more to it. And I believe we're losing people from the faith. People are leaving the church because we're setting unrealistic expectations and because we're teaching people only how to be Christians in a controlled environment. 
And then they get out into the real world where there are real problems and real issues. And they like, wait a minute. Um, yeah, where the ushers at? It's like, oh, no, bro, ain't no ushers at the job. What, what, what you mean? I only know how to, hold on, hold on. Can somebody set the atmosphere um, so I can live for God, please? It's like, oh, there, there is no atmosphere at this job, my man. You can't bring no live band up into the office. You know what I'm saying? And so my point at the end of all of this is that we have to realize what this walk is really about. And we have to be real with ourselves and be real with other people and not make each other feel bad for just being honest or being real. Y'all know what time it is. What? What? What in the world is up with tip services, y'all? Listen, I want y'all to understand something. I'm a 20% tipper. So I don't want you to think that what I'm about to say means that I'm cheap or that I'm selfish and anything like that. I got to be honest, though. Sometimes tip services are a little confusing. You feel what I'm saying? So please don't judge me as I tell you a story about a trip that my wife and I took back in 2007. Now you have to understand that at the time, my wife and I didn't have a lot of money, man. You know, it was a situation where we pretty much could only afford the price on the menu. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing not to tip because you're mean or you're selfish, but you gotta understand some people can't tip because they don't have it. I can't give you extra if I don't even have something. I think that we should know upfront, there should be some rules and some guidelines to like, Oh, yeah, if this happens, like, you're going to have to leave a tip. So even though the price right here says $9, you're going to be out of $14 by the time this is done. You get what I'm saying? I just don't think that's right. So let me tell you what happened to us back in 2007. We were taking a trip to Las Vegas, and we were a young couple. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pretty much probably taking our rent money on this trip. Don't judge me, and please don't follow my lead on that one, okay? Again, this is the old me. So we going, this is our first time taking a plane together as a married couple and really had only taken a flight, you know, a couple of times in our lives, even with our parents up to that point in life. So we walk in the airport, Detroit Metro. I'm like, yo, we come in and it was an early flight. So it's like maybe five o'clock in the morning that we're walking in and this guy catches us coming in the door and he's like, yo, like, let me grab that for y'all. Now, this guy works here. He has on a little shirt with the logo that's saying he works here. So in my mind, it's like, oh, you at work, bruh. Like, cool. You just super nice. Again, this is my first time flying by myself without my parents. And the times that I flew in the past, I had never seen anything like this happen. So I'm like, man, this is like really nice. Like the airport is really upgrading their service. So this guy grabs our bag, put them on a little cart. He's pushing them for us. I'm like, man, we ain't got to carry our bags in here. Detroit is coming up, man. This is dope. Like, I can't believe the city is doing it like this. We get upstairs and this guy's like, oh, y'all don't have to wait in that long line. Like this, you know, we taking y'all right to the front. This is a VIP service. I'm like, what, man? I'm like, we don't have to wait in the line to check in. Like, you got our stuff. Like, bam. He like, yeah, I'll punch that in for you. Me and my wife at this point are on cloud nine. We looking at each other like, wow, this is about to be a good trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, God is good. God is good, good. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, he does all that. 
he gets us up, you know, to the end of the road or wherever we going. We got our uh, boarding pass. We got everything we need. And then he's looking at us like he takes the luggage off of the cart, hand it to me. And I'm like, hey, man, thank you, brother. You a cool guy, man. Like, you know, I appreciate you, boy. I appreciate oh, you. Oh, and he looked at me like, hey, yo, bro. Um, yeah, so so what's up on the tip? I was like, the tip? I'm like, oh, that costs. I don't have a problem that the situation costs extra money. My problem is that you just came, grabbed my bags, and started doing work, and nobody gave me the heads up. Like, you didn't hit me with the little flyer that had, you know, the price list on there. Like, okay, yeah, if I do what I'm about to do, that's going to be like $20. It's like, you just did work that I don't even know how to put value on. I don't even know how much that should cost. Like, I have no idea. You didn't give me an understanding. So even if back then, even though I wasn't, because I couldn't afford to be, even if I was a 20% tipper back then, I don't know what I'm tipping because there was no price list. So my man look at me, I look at him. I'm like, look, bro, I'm about to take this trip to Vegas for three days with my wife, and I got $400. Um, I don't know what you really expect, but uh, I think I gave him five bucks or maybe $10 or something like that. And I was like, yeah, you're going to have to take this and enjoy yourself, my man. Um, but uh, I don't have no more money. I'm barely about to make it. And when I tell you, this guy was heated. He was fuming. He was mad. I forgot what he said, but y'all got to understand, sometimes it just is what it is. I looked at him like, hey, bro, you could be mad, but I'm about to go out here and barely be able to eat food and do anything extra while I'm out here. And please believe me when I tell y'all, I think we made it back with $6 or $9. Like we were down to the last day. It was like, all right, you want to eat breakfast or you want to be able to get something at the airport to eat? That's how rough it was when we were budgeting out that trip. And please believe me, it's a lot of stuff we didn't do when we were in Vegas. It was kind of like, hey, you want to go to this museum or you want to ride on this little boat ride for $50? Like everything we did, it was kind of an option. Like you want to do this or this. It was no ands. It was just or. Like, hey, you going to do this or you going to do it? Not no it. Oh, at one point, my wife was trying to do this and this. And I was like, hey, look, sis, that costs $96. We have 76 left. So you're going to have to do a, a or, not an and. So my whole thing is this. I don't mind you charging me a tip. I understand it. I just think tip services need to be a little more upfront with what they're doing, what the expectations are. Like, I need rules and guidelines to what's going on. But by all means, don't try to guilt me into giving a tip and don't try to just start doing stuff and expect me to know that I have to give you a tip because you have on a work uniform. Look, I don't know, man. If you work here, think about it. We don't just go places giving random people tips when they work there and they're doing their job and they make a salary or some type of wages. It's like, I'm just thinking that your job is paying you out of all the money that I'm paying for whatever service or product that I just got. So look, I love y'all. I'm gonna keep tipping. I want you to keep tipping, but I need y'all to have a little more clarity around it, please. Today's show is brought to you by jwillmusic.com. This is basically my online business card. If you wanna find my YouTube page, it's on there. You wanna listen to my music, it's on there. You wanna find my Instagram page, it's on there. Whatever you wanna find out about me, Jay Will, and this show, Inspire God's People, 
you can visit jwillmusic.com. If you love this show and you want to be able to go back to past episodes and hear them, guess what? Right on the homepage of jwillmusic.com, you can hit play and listen to this show. And if you really want to dig deeper into the show, then you can actually go to the top drop-down box and go to podcast, jwillmusic.com. I try to keep it plain, try to keep it simple, not too much information, but just enough for you to find out everything you want to know about myself and inspire God's people. So go ahead, what you waiting on? Go visit that today. J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C dot C-O-M. But you know how to spell. All right, what I want to do now is kick it with y'all a little bit about unrealistic expectations. So I don't know, it may have been three or four years ago, and I had this thought in my head. I don't even really remember what sparked it, but the thought was just about how unrealistic expectations really mess us up in life. It was just something that I started observing in my life and the people around me. You know what I'm saying? Here's where I saw unrealistic expectations really mess me up the most. It was when I compared myself to other people. Okay, so first let me say, expectations are a good thing. High expectations are a good thing. So here's the difference I noticed between a realistic expectation and an unrealistic expectation. Realistic expectations are obtainable goals. You feel what I'm saying? It's something that can actually happen. Here's where it gets tricky. Sometimes we wanna set high goals so we can make sure we stretch ourselves. But even in doing that, those high goals are still realistic. They're possible. What I noticed about unrealistic expectations is that there are things that literally can't happen or they're just too far out of your control to even be able to influence them to happen. All right, I want to make it clear. So let me give you all a real life example of an unrealistic expectation that I had. In high school, when I was growing up in the late 90s, it was all about waves for the boys in our head. You know what I'm saying? Like we stayed with a brush and a do-rag and some wave grease. Those were the three tools that you had handy at all times because you wanted your waves to be banking. And so when waves first started becoming a thing, I remember the first time I saw one of my homeboys with, let's call it good hair, okay? Some of my friends were all of different mixtures of ethnicities, you know what I mean? And different textures of hair. And there's a certain type of hair that we typically call quote unquote good hair. And so I had a couple of homeboys where when we all started getting waves, I remember looking and my man got four waves in his head, like four giant tidal waves in his head. And I'm like, yo, I want four waves. And y'all got to understand I'm young, in my mind, and this might have even been middle school, to be honest, now that I'm thinking about it, but in my mind, it's like, yo, how come I got 162 waves, little bitty waves in my head, and my man got four waves? So I'm thinking, I'm looking at his brush, I'm like, well, maybe my man got the different bristles on his brush. Maybe his brush bristles are spaced out for the waves or whatever. And I can remember just going through this thought process of comparing myself and thinking like, all right, you know what? I got to brush like a hundred more strokes a day to try to get the big boys. And y'all, y'all gonna think I'm crazy. But for a minute, I was literally trying to get big waves. Unrealistic expectations. 
I was expecting to do something based on something I seen in someone else's life, but I didn't have the qualities or the attributes to even be able to obtain it. It was an unrealistic expectation. It made no sense. And a lot of times throughout my life, when I think about the times where my expectations were unrealistic, one of the number one areas is when I compare myself to other people. And so I've learned to be sober minded and I've grown out of that and more so focused now on becoming who God created me to be individually, finding out what God's plan and purpose was for our individual lives is the pursuit of purpose, not looking at someone else's Instagram page and desiring that and setting that as our expectation for love or marriage or our career, because everything looks perfect when it's in a picture. You get what I'm saying? Like they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Okay, cool. And it's leaving a whole bunch of words out. Every picture leaves out a thousand other words. You feel what I'm saying? Like it's a whole bunch that the picture ain't telling you. When they see the happy couple smiling and all that, it's not telling you, oh yeah, but they was just arguing earlier about the temperature in the house. Or yeah, he got mad because he asked her what she want to eat today. And she was like, I don't know what you want. And he like, I don't know. Cause I mean, that's why I was asking you. And she like, well, I'll take whatever you get. And he like, well, I was asking you cause I ain't know what I want to get. That's reality. So a realistic expectation may be to have a long lasting God-fearing marriage, full of purpose, full of possibilities, family, love, all of those things, right? But in reality, that process to go through that is not necessarily gonna look like something out of a magazine every single day. Look, you might have some magazine moments. I don't think it's bad to have the expectation or the standard that, hey, we gonna have some magazine moments in our life. But to think that that is gonna be the complete marriage y'all gonna be married for 60 years to death do you part and every day is just gonna be i woke up today and my king did this and i woke up today and my queen did that she made my plate every day for 50 years yep but it ain't tell you the one time she didn't make your plate you got mad player because that's marriage and what's the point of all this i'm not trying to set you up to say, hey, lower your standards. No, nope, that's not the goal at all. Or accept anything in your life or stop, you know, thinking that you're going to be great or you're going to be, you know, have these things. But people have itching ears and people flock to things and people that tell them what they want to hear. But what I've learned is that that's just not reality. In reality, there are ups and downs. There are struggles, you know, good days and bad days. And we have to learn to live with both. It is unrealistic to think you're going to live to be 95 years old and have 100% good days. You feel what I'm saying? So let me leave you all with this. I was studying psychology, which I do often. I love psych. And I came across these three examples of unrealistic expectations by Selena C. Snow, PhD. She's also a clinical psychologist. Here's the first one she said. Everyone must like me. Man, Selena says the reality is that we can't make everyone like us no matter how hard we try. Now, we all know that, and that's why that's an unrealistic expectation, because it's impossible to happen out of your control. Number two, the world should be fair. Man, this is something that low-key, I believe, has crept up on our generation 
And this is a reason that people have left the Christian faith or are atheists to start off with because they feel if there's a God, how could God let this happen? Why? Because they have the unrealistic expectation that the world should be fair. But they only feel this way when talking about certain things. It's kind of complex, so we'll leave that alone. Number three, my golden years were supposed to be just golden. So this is the idea that, hey, when I'm 65 or 70, I'm going to be retired and I'm going to be sitting back on the beach somewhere in Florida and blah, blah, blah. And then you hit that age. And guess what? Reality doesn't look like that unrealistic expectation and it becomes hard for you to deal with. I compare this to the same thing we did as kids. It's funny how life comes full circle. As kids, we sit around in elementary school and say, I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a doctor, lawyer. And of course, many of you may actually be those things. Congratulations. But for those of us who don't, we have to learn to live in the reality of the path of our life's journey. Guys, people, thank you so much for listening today. Remember, you can visit me any day at jwillmusic.com. You can also hear this show on YouTube by typing in J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C and share this show with your friends, family, and coworkers and tell them like I tell you. If you don't like this show, just act like you like it. Inspire guys, people. jwillmusic.com.